Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Welcome to the Love Your Life Podcast. My name is Stephanie. I'm a health and life coach, fitness enthusiast, entrepreneur, and a triathlete's wife. I am here to share my tips to help you create harmony on all aspects of your life, health, career, spirituality, relationships, and personal development. Every week, you will be inspired to create a life you love and deserve. Don't forget to like, comment, and follow our sponsor, Scribed. Unlimited audio and eBooks for $8.99 a month. Use the link in the show notes to sign up. Scribed, unlimited audio and ebooks for $8.99 a month. Hi, this is Stephanie from the Love Your Life podcast. Thanks for listening to another episode. Today, I'm super excited to welcome our guest, Supriya. She is a wellness writer and a certified health coach through IIN. She has a master's in communications from Columbia University with a career in journalism. She's featured in magazines such as Teen Vogue, Forbes, Red Book, New York Times, Playboy, and Reader's Digest, just to name a few. Today, we are going to talk about transitioning into a plant-based ketogenic diet. Thanks again for joining me for today's podcast, Supriya. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely. So this is super exciting. I love um, listening about your background in journalism. So tell me, how did you go from journalism to becoming a health coach? That's an interesting jump. And I know that you're still doing a lot of the journalistic um, stuff right now, too. Yes. Uh, Yeah, it's actually uh, quite a story because so what happened was I was working on a story for Playboy um, about a year and a half ago, and it was a piece on biohacking. And the story specifically focused on a trend called microdosing with LSD, uh, the hallucinogen. It's a trend in Silicon Valley right now that a lot of um, startups and just people in that space are using to get an edge in peak performance. But as I was learning about this biohacking microdosing craze and trend that's over there, I started learning more about the biohacking culture and different people use it to lose weight as well. And at that time, my daughter was about a year old. I had just um, given birth. I was a new mom and I had put on a lot of weight when I was pregnant. Uh, prior to being pregnant, I didn't really have a problem with my weight. I ate healthy or so I thought. And, and I continued to eat healthy or so I thought, but I was just gaining weight and I wasn't sure why, but you know, I figured I was pregnant. It was okay. But once my daughter was older, I couldn't lose the weight. I tried uh-huh. to eat healthy and just was nothing I was doing was working. It was hard to fit in working out. But when I started learning about biohacking, it's just a way of optimizing your body by understanding nutritional deficiencies and nutritional components of your food in a very specific way. And once I learned that, I started applying the principles and I started losing massive amounts of weight, like about a pound a day for a while. And and total, I lost 70 pounds in in about 10 months. Oh, wow. So I know a lot of people might be familiar or I've heard the term biohacking through, um, of course, Bulletproof Coffee is a very popular thing that people, that's probably the first introduction to um, biohacking. And I know there's variations on things that you can do. So you mentioned the principles. Can you dive a little bit deeper into some of those principles that you know of or the ones that seem to work best for your, for your sure. body? Absolutely. So you mentioned the coffee. I think that's the most, one of the most important things is a way to create a, a fasting routine for yourself. So when you fast from, from solids or from any proteins um, or carbohydrates, and what happens is you experience what they call autophagy in your cells. So your DNA actually begins to clean itself out. And that is good for inflammation as well as weight loss because you're suppressing the appetite. And one of the ways to do that is by having a high fat breakfast. So commonly you'd hear people saying, oh, you need to eat a big healthy breakfast of grains or protein. But actually, if you eat just 
fat and like liquid form in your coffee, let's say heavy cream or butter or MCT oil, if you mix it in, you have all of this fat that satiates you. So you don't get hungry again uh, for a long time. So for myself, I don't eat my first meal until 2 p.m. For clients that I coach on weight loss that use this particular protocol, sometimes they don't eat their meals till, for till 4 p.m. And that sounds weird if you've never done it before, but your body's literally not hungry because you're giving it what it actually wants, which is that fat. So it's one of the principles. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no. Awesome. Um, is it now? So for some people, would you recommend that they take a different approach? Because I know I've heard studies say that, you know, um, fasting is great for a lot of people, but then there's certain uh, people, whether they're pregnant or hypoglycemic or whatever it may be, that they have to take a little bit more precautions when it comes yes, to Yes, absolutely true. I mean, I would say for anybody who's listening to this, don't just take the advice and follow it on your own. Definitely talk to your doctor or a health professional first, especially if you're pregnant or have, you know, health issues and get it cleared by a professional who knows your particular, you know, situation. Awesome. But generally, but just well, generally speaking, if you're a healthy person and not um, pregnant or nursing, then I think it's, it's, it's okay to do this. And then as far as, um, I know there's so many different types of fasting protocols. So there's ones that are 20 hours, other ones that are 16 hours. Um, and then there's also the like every other day fast. There's 24 hours. I mean, there's just so many of them. So um, many, yes. Ones that, that you seem to find that work best for your body type. And I say for your body type because I know everyone's going to be a little bit different too. Mm-hmm. So I personally have experienced different kinds of fasting. I think they're all good for different reasons, but for specifically for, for long-term weight loss, I think what's important is to create a, a, a habit that's part of your lifestyle as opposed mm-hmm. to doing a cleanse or a detox that you do once or twice a year or you know yes. so often. Because when you create a habit, that's when you have sustained performance, which in this case, the goal is losing weight. You don't want to gain the weight after your cleanse or you know, temporary fast. So, it's exactly. important. so one way to create fasting as a part of your lifestyle is to just do it in the morning. So like, don't eat a late dinner. I always make sure I don't eat past 7 p.m. Latest 8 p.m. if I'm going to stay out a little bit later that evening. But I try to keep a four-hour window from the time I eat to the time I go to sleep, if not longer. And then my first meal again won't be until 2 p.m. So my body, my digestive system is getting a lot of rest overnight and then again in the morning. That's the okay, easiest awesome. way to incorporate it. And then your first meal that you are breaking your fast, is it typically like the Bulletproof coffee or is there another thing that you No. So the Bulletproof coffee is not considered a meal because it's it's just fat. So there's no protein or carbohydrates. So my body is still in fasting mode. It's still doing the autophagy that's so, you know, good for it. So so even though you're eating or consuming something, your body is still in that, um, that mode of fasting. So I know another question that people are always going to have is like, especially that my coffee addicts out there, if they sit there and say like, okay, you are telling me that I can't have my first meal until like one or two o'clock in the evening, but I can have my bulletproof coffee. Does that mean I can have two cups of bulletproof coffee to get me? Okay. You you can have as much coffee or tea. It doesn't have to be coffee. Um, It can be in tea. So you can do it with green tea. It's one way of doing uh, bulletproof coffee, but with tea. Um, But yeah, you can have as much coffee as you'd like. There's no limitation. It's just how much fat you have is. I would not advise taking too much fat in the beginning, especially if you're new to this sort of lifestyle. It can cause diarrhea or upset stomach. It takes a little while to sort of get used to. So in the beginning, you know, start off small and then increase the dosage slowly. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to go fasting and then have GI issues. Yes, that's, that's not going to be fun. That's yes. not going to be a fun process, and that's not going to help with sustainability at all. No, <laughs> interesting. So, I know MTC oil, you can, um, of course, a lot of the bulletproof coffees recommend that you have it in this um, liquid form, but then I know a lot of people also mention you know, they have coconut oil, solid coconut oil. Do you find that one is better than the other, or is it doesn't really matter when it comes to the yeah, it's a great question. So the difference between MCT oil and coconut oil, the MCT oil is an extract of coconut oil. So it's more powerful. Um, and it doesn't taste coconutty. So I personally don't like my coffee to taste coconutty because I have coconut in so much other ways, like my food might yeah. taste coconutty from the coconut oil. So sometimes it can get a little old, you know, just tasting coconut all the time. Yeah. So for that reason, the MCT oil for, for flavor profile is better, but also it's more powerful. I can't remember exactly the percentage that it burns fat faster, um, but it's okay. significantly faster than just coconut oil by itself. So, okay. so I would recommend that. Um, so recommend the, the liquid versus getting just the regular coconut oil that you utilizing for all your other cooking purposes yeah so mct oil is liquid is a liquid form yeah um, just like coconut oil but i mean it's okay to do coconut oil. there's nothing wrong with it it's just if you would like a more powerful results and faster results then i would recommend the mct oil 
Okay, so your bulletproof coffee is your coffee, your coconut oil, and it, um, or MTC oil, sorry, and then your ghee, I'm guessing, correct? Exactly. So my, for me personally, I do two tablespoons of ghee and two tablespoons of MCT oil into four ounces of coffee, and then I blend it together. Um, okay. So a lot of people use a blender. I actually use something, a milk frother, which you can yes. get, you know what I'm talking about? People yes. use it for hot chocolate. It just makes cleanup really easy in the morning. If I use a blender, then I have to the coffee in the blender or the hot coffee and the oil and it gets kind of greasy and takes a while to clean it out so it just takes you know five to seven minutes but i don't have to do that if i have a froth i just froth it rinse it put it away yeah like a little 30 seconds okay that makes sense i need to i I need to get one of those because right now i made mine earlier today and mine was definitely in the blender but then i just drink out of like the little blender thing and i'm like well i'm not going to pour it back into the coffee cup because now i'm just just dirty too Exactly. So what is your first meal of the day then? Um, So if you're having your bulletproof coffee to get you until like your two o'clock time when you Mm -hmm. actually break your fast and you mentioned um, a substantial fat versus like a lot of carbohydrates, what is typically your first meal of the day? Yes. Um, so I, I try to, so my diet, um, when I'm trying to uh, lose weight, currently I'm on a maintenance plan, but if I'm trying to aggressively lose weight, then I keep my fat to 80, 90% of my diet. So whatever I'm eating for that plate, for that meal, 90% of it will be in fat. So either that's um, some fatty meat or some dairy or just uh, vegetables with tons of olive oil poured all over it and salt and pepper. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's, it's yummy. It's a delicious, or eggs, um, avocado. I just try to find the fattiest thing that I can. And that's what okay. I eat. So 80 to 90%. So gotcha. there's different ways of doing that. Okay. And I know that you mentioned that you are doing um, plant-based ketogenic, um, but you are doing a lot of the pescatarian stuff. So can you describe to the listening audience, what do you, what would you consider is a plant-based ketogenic for those who are like, I haven't even heard of this terminology. I've heard of ketogenic. I've heard, or I kind of heard of plant-based, yes. but don't really know what it is. Um, I think there's a lot of times we hear so much stuff where it's like, I don't even know what, what is what. Yeah. So ketogenic, I think for the, the, the fans of the diet that are out there are primarily uh, big carnivores, people who are really into their meat and they love their meat. Not necessarily people who are plant-based, but I think it's because people don't know how to be plant-based and follow ketogenic diet at the same time. So if you eat dairy, that's one way to do it. But obviously oil oil is fat so it can yes. be you know, olive oil coconut oil different forms of oil and it's actually a little it's healthier in my opinion because meat can be very inflammatory to the body so mm-hmm. you know and, and being ketosis all the time so if you're doing too much um, fat and not enough of the other macronutrients can cause health problems too um, like insomnia and just different things for different people so for that reason I also don't recommend going too extreme and being more plant-based it's, it is about balance and that those are different ways to do it. So if you can incorporate dairy and oils and avocado, who doesn't like avocados, right? Exactly. So yeah. If you eat avocado every day, that's a lot of fat and it's yummy. <laughs> yes, I have about four of them at, at home. And it's funny because I know my neighbor and I, she's um, also a fitness professional. And we were talking about how avocado toast is just like blown up. And I'm like, yeah, I've been eating avocado toast since I was a kid. I'm like, I grew up, I'm Hispanic. I'm part Hispanic. So I grew up eating guacamole and I can whip up guacamole in an instant mm-hmm. as like somewhere as quicker probably than most people could just put avocado on a slice of toast. And I'm, it cracks me up when I go places and I'm like, I cannot imagine spending all this money, like $10 for guacamole. I know. I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, you can do this at home, people. You can do this at home. I'm like, maybe if you threw something else on top, like a hard boiled egg or something, I mean, it is guacamole on some toast. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm guessing also like um, adding a lot of your nuts too inside of something like that. Too. So yeah, you can't eat nuts, but what people don't realize is that nuts are actually high in carbs. So my macros, if you, oh, I recommend if somebody's starting the ketogenic diet or protocol for their life and to track their food through some sort of an app, there's various free apps, you know, in the play store on yeah. your phone online to track your protein, your carbohydrates and your fats. So for your carbohydrates, you don't want to go you want to keep it between 25 and 35 grams or, or less, um, which isn't, which is very easy to get to. So if you're, if you're eating nuts, maybe like five or six nuts will get you to that level. So okay. that's all the carbs for the day. So if you're trying to be strict, you can't eat too many nuts because then you'll reach your carb level and you can't get carbs in other ways, like, like vegetables that are low carbs. You can eat more vegetables. Does yes. that make sense? And you're going for your volume foods is what yeah, you're looking for. exactly. So your volume vegetables versus like you trying to avoid a lot of your sweet potatoes, a lot of your starchier things, your corns, and trying to really go for a lot of your green leafy ones, something that you can get the most bang for your buck when it exactly. comes to that. 
your low carb vegetables like mushrooms and uh, mushrooms and Brussels sprouts, excuse me, are something that I personally love, but they're high in carb and something only realized after starting, you know, ketogenic diet that you're actually gaining a lot of weight when you're eating those high carb vegetables because you just assume, oh, it's vegetables, but they're actually full of carbs. Oh, darn. I got to give up my Brussels sprouts. <laughs> well, you don't have to give it up. You just eat it in moderation, you know? Yeah. I was going to say, like, I just bought a bag of that. So I'm going <laughs> to, I want to consume those Brussels sprouts for, for sure. And then as far as fruit, are you even bothering with fruit or you because a lot of fruit can be high in carbs due to the fact of the fructose. Absolutely. And it's high in sugar. So you can eat fruit, but just one or two a day and fresh fruit, which is, you know, full of juice and other things. When you're having dried food, it's a fruit, it's it's higher in sugar and it's not very healthy for you. And it's not going to fill you up as well either. So I just, just actual fruit, like that's fresh fruit, no version of fruit. Gotcha. And you recommend this for a lot of people that are high athletes, Um, as we were talking about before. I haven't, um, I haven't tried the keto. Oh, I did a little bit of the ketogenic and definitely did the intermittent fasting with me being hypoglycemic on a couple of days. It, I felt really, really lightheaded within the first couple of months of doing it. So I didn't continue with it just due to my own personal experience. But with my very active schedule teaching up to six classes or more a week um, on top of doing my own training routine, I always are concerned about going reducing my carb intake so for those that are more the extreme athletes and I know quite a few of them actually that are like triathletes and stuff Mm -hmm. like that that have tried the ketogenic diet um with for those that are kind of like iffy about it like okay I'm you know I play a lot of sports or I'm an athlete um and I'm so used to hearing carb loading carb loading carb loading for my upcoming competitions or races or whatever it may be what um, advice do you have out for those people? So if you're, um, if you're a regular athlete who trains on a regular basis, uh, being in ketosis where you're having extremely low amounts of carb and high amounts of fat is not, I would not recommend it. But you can sort of uh, tweak this program just to be low carb and high fat. And that is actually what I recommend for really everybody because that way you're not putting your body in extreme states and it's sustainable. So continue to eat your carbs, but just less of it. So just keep it below, I'd say, you know, 70 grams a day, for example, instead of 25 grams. So you're allowed more, but not as much as like a regular normal diet would be. And that'll allow you to continue to train and, and be fit in that way. Awesome. Sorry, the other thing I want to mention is um, carb cycling is something that people forget to do. But uh, once a week, um, I carb cycle and I recommend my clients to carb cycle too, where you can eat as much Mm -hmm. carbs as you want, um, but healthy carbs. So sweet potatoes and healthy starches, you know, not going to go out and eat like a piece of pie, but just healthy, healthy carbs. Awesome. So um, do you have any programs that can be able to help someone transition between maybe going with the um, higher carb diet? to being able to get, you know, the results they're looking for without kind of doing that initial crash. Because of course we talk about sustainability and I think a lot of times people do go into that all or nothing mentality um, and then they burn out in the first couple of days or that of course the discomfort kicks in. Anytime you try something new, it's always that initial discomfort, but being able to coach someone through those highs and lows um, until they, pretty much can do that smoother transition and, you know, months kind of come down the line and they're able to fully implement the program into their day-to-day life. Yeah, actually, uh, I have a free webinar that's going to be coming out soon. Um, so if, uh, it's called Look Better Naked. Uh, awesome. And it's all about how to look better naked, which is the goal. Um, and it's, it's, like I said, it's a free uh, program. It's one hour long. And it's, it's just chock full of information. Some of the things that I went over today that we talked about, but just more in depth. So I feel like understanding the education and the science of food and nutrition is really important for clients. And once you understand that, it's so much easier to make healthy choices. So I created this free webinar for people who are interested. And um, I also have um, a private coaching as well as a group coaching as well through Look Better Naked. But just um, to give you a taste for you know people who are listening, I really recommend the tutorial because it's just one hour of a lot of information that can help you just um, be more empowered in making healthy choices. Now, is this program for both males and females, or is this like, because I know like some, some guys will be like, ah, yeah, I like to look better naked, but that sounds like a, like a women's like program, and I don't want to be the solo man out there. Yeah, no, it's for men and women. So one thing about my background is I was also in the military, the U.S. Army, for about six years prior to being a journalist um, when I was younger in my, earlier in my career. So a lot of my clients that I work with currently are also active duty military and people who are in the military and athletes simultaneously. So yes, I have lots of men who have been through the program and have had great success. So it's perfect for a male and female body. 
Great. And I like the fact that you mentioned that. Um, and I know you mentioned that you're also a mom. So for those who have um, a busy lifestyle, whether it's work or between like work and their personal life, how um, diet always becomes one of those things where it's like, I don't have time. I don't have the time to, to adhere to this. I don't have the time to go to the gym. I don't have the time. So time is always um, an obstacle that I hear that comes up. Do you have any recommendations for those people who are saying like, this sounds great, but realistically in their head, they're thinking, I don't have the time to be able to implement this into my program. Yeah, I think that's a struggle for a lot of people. And one of the solutions to that is to get to work with a health coach, somebody who can help create a plan for you specifically, because everybody has different needs, whether it's uh, macro needs for your nutritional profile, like if you're a nursing mom, or if you're an athlete in the military, yeah. you very different needs, as well as your particular life circumstance. Again, if you're a mom with a new baby, you probably don't have that much time for cooking, you know, fresh, wholesome food that easily so you to find ways to do it. So working with a coach can be really helpful. And I, for, for me, myself, personally when I work with clients I'm very big on intuitive eating so you understand all of these principles that I teach you but at the end of the day you have to listen to your body your body will mm-hmm. tell you when it's full you you know you just find a way to understand what it needs and it really just flows from there then a lot of your goals just met you know easily whether it's trying to reduce inflammation and muscular pain that you have or losing weight or what have you education and and coaching I think is the the trick that's that's the ultimate goal is to be able to eat intuitively to be able to hear your body out and i think a lot of times we are not in tune with what's going on with our bodies we don't even um know and i remember reading a book a while ago and it was really interesting from a doctor's perspective saying you know really tap into the sensation that you're feeling like when you're saying you're in pain is it a sharp pain is a dull pain is it you know is it is a numbing, like, you know, really pinpoint the pain and where the pain might be coming from. Is it more emotional? And a lot of times we tune that out. Um, The same thing as you're saying, like we tune out when we are hungry or when we're full. I tell people all the time, your body will even tell you what it's um, deficient in. There's times where I'm like craving, as I was saying, I love Brussels sprouts, but there's times where I'm craving like squash and Brussels sprouts. And I tell myself like, that's a really weird craving to have versus craving like, cream and ice cream and cupcakes yeah. and stuff like that it's, it's because my body is deficient in something or i've had like a strong craving for kale and people are like are you pregnant like what's going on I was like no i'm just i know i'm deficient in something and my body is calling out for that so when i'm really in tune in it i can be able to decipher those things exactly. um, most people would have you know sit there and be like yeah you're crazy that you're craving healthy stuff like I don't crave any of that I crave potato chips <laughs> what is that telling me <laughs> about myself um that's, maybe they're low on electrolytes and they need the salt I don't know yeah exactly <laughs> so that ultimate goal is to eat intuitively so that you are not dictated by having to track every small thing like exactly. that's great for a short period of time I did that when I was doing fitness competitions I tell all my clients like yeah get to know like a rough estimate on what you're eating being able to eyeball stuff but then once you get that down the ultimate goal is for you to not have to walk around and with measuring cups and the scale and tracking things and being worried when you're going out to eat that oh my goodness I don't have my scale and everything else with me I, don't, I can't eat this meal because that's not a, a way to live life it's not and it's really ultimately disempowering for the person because then you feel like you're you don't have control over your life or your diet and it becomes even harder to make healthier choices because exactly. by fear and I think it's better to approach it from a place of intuition and empowerment. Exactly. So for, um, for those out there that maybe are moms um, and they are like, okay, great, I want to start this. And I have a couple other guests on here that are moms too. Mm-hmm. They, we always just try to discuss, because I don't have kids myself, but how to get your kids to start eating um, healthy. So you're not making twice the meals. And I think I hear a lot of people saying like, well, I'm doing this diet, but then my husband eats this way and then my kids eat that way. So now they're over there making two to three meals a day mm-hmm. when they can really just simplify it and make one. And I think that's what frustrates people is that they want to eat healthy, but then they have to sit there and think like, I got to make three meals versus me just making one. Right. Um, any advice for that? 
Sure. So I have um, a, a two-year-old and she's an extremely picky eater and she loves her carbs, which I try to avoid, you know, with my, with my lifestyle. So I've had that problem quite a lot. Like, how do I manage this? And so I, the, the best way I figured out how to manage it for myself and my family is to replace high carb foods with um, like mock recipes. So I make pancakes, for example, um, but then I'll put in bananas inside of it. So I'll puree some bananas just you know, in a little blender and mix it into the regular pancake batter, whether it's a healthy batter. You know, I, I try to use like a high protein batter. And then that way my daughter's getting a lot of fruit in. Or another trick that I have is I can make um, a cauliflower crust for pizza and then just put yes. cheese and marinara sauce and everything else on top. So everything else can stay the same, but whatever that carby, refined flour and sugar part is, I just replace it with something healthy so that it still tastes yummy and you feel like you're eating something that you're used to. So those yeah. are my, my two sort of go-to recipes. Those are good ones. I tell people who like um, pasta and stuff like that, and but their kids are picky eaters. Mm-hmm. And they just cook and saute like your, your vegetables or you can even steam them. And then throw it all into your homemade like marinara sauce and puree it all. I'm like, I don't mind the chunkiness of the vegetables. My husband has no problem with it. But for those who have like the picky eaters, I, I made some meatballs one time for a party. And I have friends that are like, oh, I don't like zucchini. And I don't like all this other kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, well, it's all pureed in that pasta sauce that Julia said. Yeah. Eating with those turkey meatballs. <laughs> Um, <laughs> noodles another thing that I like is something called shirataki noodles yes if you're familiar with it yeah so for people who are listening to this podcast it's a it's it's actually a vegetable from Japan and it's a it's a bland vegetable so um you can buy it in a package in the shape of noodles and <laughs> it tastes just like noodles <laughs> yeah it smells so. fishy so you definitely want to like yeah you want to wash it out. really good yeah yeah the first time I, I had it um it was like it's slimy and it smells fishy what is this that I'm cooking <laughs> yeah definitely when you take it out of the package it has smell but if, if you wash it really good in the water and if you're using some kind of a sauce whether it's pesto or marinara yeah. it'll it it's browns so it right away and then you can't tell awesome um, so how are you, do you have any techniques to unwind after a long day? I mean, I know that you do your journalism stuff, you have a family, you also have your own clients. Um, after a long day of work or week, is, do you have any like really healthy tips on how to relax and unwind? Sure. I think two things that people forget to do often in life is very simple. One is breathe. So just taking a few minutes to just breathe in deeply. <laughs> it literally takes like two seconds to do and yeah. people forget but you can get so centered just from taking a few minutes to just just take a you know pause literally and the other thing is I'm big on hugs with my daughter and my sister and my husband so I think physical touch is a form of medicine and so is breath and they're both free and easy to do anytime and we just forget <laughs> to do it so whenever I need to just be calm or centered or feel a little crazed I just go back to the simple things like that I love that. I love that. There's, you know, you don't have to go and spend the money on a massage or get your nails done or whatever, maybe, or going out with your friends. It's just easy. And now there's even apps for people if you want to breathe. Like I know on my, um, on my watch, I have that breathing app. But just take that moment or even step outside when it's a nice sunny day like it is today here. Just Absolutely. step outside for a moment, soak in the sun, like feel it on your skin take those breaths and then come back in and you feel so refreshed, especially so, if you're tired. Yeah. That's sometimes my, my, you know, deal with, um, instead of having a coffee or tea, <laughs> that might be a great wake up call for you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, there's a technique of grounding. I don't know if you're familiar, but um, you can go out in the morning in the, in the early light and just yes. stand barefoot on the ground and, and absorb the sun's rays. It's supposed to be energizing and for something yeah. better than coffee. <laughs> yeah, I want to do that maybe on the weekends because right now I'm up at and out the door at around 4.50 in the morning. So by the time the sun comes out, I'm in the middle of, of doing some work and I'm like, oh, no, 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 sun came out. <laughs> but on the weekends, I have a little bit more and I, I do find it very grounding when I'm you know outdoors walking the dog or hiking and just being in the woods. That's probably the most grounding experience I have is just walking in the woods and being in nature. It's beautiful. Yeah. Love it. Um, so do you have a goal that you want to accomplish this year? So 
So I'm actually about to start a yoga teaching certification. Um, so that's my big goal is to be a yoga teacher and to uh, be more toned. So uh, my personal goal is I lost a lot of weight and uh, I'm very happy, but now I want to be, you know, physically like toned and, and have some awesome. of that sexy yoga body. So. <laughs> nice. So is this at a local studio or are you going, I know some people, um, actually one lady I know she's going to Kapow, I think, um, university for like oh, this whole month. So she left this past weekend and she won't be back until later on. Like in the, it's like a 30 day program. So are you doing something at a local studio or are you going? Yes. It's local, but it's a 30 day program also. So it's an intensive. So it's 30 days, you know, nonstop, but I get to come back to my bed at night. So. Yes. Oh, I know some of you, there's another girl I know who's doing something like that. And it's like every single day until I think she said four o'clock. Yeah. Mine's like till 8 PM. <laughs> oh my goodness. How many hours a day? Uh, like six to 10, depending on the day. And you're still going to be, you're still going to be a mom. You're still yeah. going to have your clients. Life doesn't stop. <laughs> you're going to have to do a lot of that breathing and a lot of those hugs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it's a long this. It's like six to eight hours of well, yoga. Well, yoga is actually both those principles, right? As I mentioned, the idea of touch, like yeah. yoga is physical touch. And, and, yes. and it's breath. Yeah. So let me know how that goes after you're done. <laughs> having another self-care routine and then like a bubble bath or something. <laughs> yes, maybe then I'll need a lot of massages. <laughs> yes, definitely. Okay, so um, this is a section that I like to do a little bit uh, rapid fire, and I probably already know the answer to this first one, but I'm just going to ask you some of these questions. So the first thing that comes to your mind, um, just to kind of get to know you a little bit better, coffee or tea? Tea. Oh, whoa. Yeah, I know you would have guessed coffee. I only started drinking coffee to drink lo- lose weight. Before that, I was heart because I'm a writer. Writers and tea go together. <laughs> oh, I love it. Is there any um, particular flavor tea that you like? I have like 50 different kinds of tea at home. I am like a serious tea snob. <laughs> I <laughs> loose love tea. Do you like loose tea or the bag tea? Um, so my, I guess my favorite tea was tea that I make myself with different herbs. So I make my own blends um, and I'm really big on Ayurveda. So I make my own Ayurvedic blends. Awesome. I love yeah. that. Definitely love that. So yeah, that threw me in for a loop because I was going to assume coffee due to bulletproof, but never assume things. I love that. <laughs> um, okay. So favorite type of exercise? Yoga. Okay. I kind of figured that because you're, you're, I was like, you wouldn't be doing yoga teacher training if you, you're like, ah, oh, I like CrossFit. <laughs> That's my favorite. I love CrossFit. I'm like, uh, so maybe you should do, um, do the CrossFit training. <laughs> okay. Um, are you into crystals at all? Um, I am. Yeah. Okay. I say my favorite is amethyst at the moment. It depends on my mood, but right now amethyst. I was going to ask you about it. Okay. Awesome. I love that. That is, that's one of my favorites. That's my birthstone too. So I love oh, that. Thanks. Um, any books that you read recently that you, you read recommend that someone reads? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask that question. So I'm actually reading this book right now, which is really quite fascinating. It's called Dynamic DNA, um, if oh. you can it, Activating Your Inner Energy for Better Health. And um, so I, my uh, spiritual background is where I, you know, I believe in the idea of reincarnation and very much Eastern mysticism. So this book is written by a doctor, an MD, who's also into meditation and, and yoga. And the book is about the concept of karma being in your DNA and epigenetics and changing your destiny by changing like your health so it's quite fascinating so that's what I'm reading at the moment and I recommend it to people because it's kind of opening up my mind (laughs) awesome I want to get all the information put that in my show notes so that people and I'm gonna have to see if I can find that book on um on my subscription service that I have scribbed uh scribed I love it um so I'm gonna have to look that up as soon as I get off of here and see if I can get it on audio or some or ebook or something like that um cool i think it's on amazon so yeah you can just get it online <laughs> awesome sounds great and i look at you i know you're gonna have a good book because your background is in journalism so um that's that's definitely that's awesome um favorite quote or affirmation um i think one of my favorite quotes is um by joseph campbell and other people have said this as well um you must be willing to let go of the life you have to have the one that's waiting for you um, mm. I think it's my favorite quote because I think people are so afraid of change, whether it's change for your health or your career or, you know, whatever aspect of your life it is, maybe leaving a toxic relationship. But it's really important to be, if we're going to be open to the next chapter, you have to let go of the old chapter. So yeah, something I, I always ask a lot of my clients as, you know, how's that working for you? 
um, or they say that, uh, you know, they want to lose weight or they want to change careers. And it's like, what are you doing now that's like getting you closer to that goal? Or what is it that's hindering you from doing that? And they'll sit there and think about it. But the biggest thing is like, oh, I'm, you know, continue to go down the same path. I'm like, well, how's it working for you? If it's not getting you closer to your end goal, then it's something that you probably need to let go of. Yeah. As a, apparently, it hasn't been a proven method to help in one way or the other. So now you need to find something as an alternative. Um, okay, so favorite healthy snack? Um, my current healthy current favorite healthy snack, excuse me, is for my daughter. It's um, Justin's, I don't know if you're familiar with Justin's peanut yeah. butter or almond butter. So now they come in squeezable pouches that you can oh, to yeah. go. So it's really nice for her if I can just squeeze it and get a little, because she likes nut butter. Um, and it's okay. healthy. So yeah, it's my favorite. Yeah. I saw that. I got an email that RX bars is now doing the same thing, like squeezable um, pouch. And I think it's like some grams of protein. I don't know. It's like has some kind of protein in it. I need to look yeah. into it more but those are nice because they are on the go and you don't have to worry about putting it in a jar and then you're like okay great I got it in a jar now how do Clean I get it as I have done that during competition prep there has been many times when I was on my macros and I measured it out and I'm like I'm going to lick every ounce <laughs> of this little container as I'm driving down the street and people look at me like you are nuts and I'm like I'm getting every macro from this peanut butter that I possibly And you like, are nuts. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I am the pro- Yes, exactly. I'm like, I'm crazy. I'm eating these nuts. <laughs> like, you don't realize what competitions can do to you. It's true. Uh, is there any place that you've always wanted to visit and why? Anywhere in the world? I've been to 25 countries and still oh. counting. So, um, okay. So that's, okay. We're going to dive into that. Then. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been not great so far. <laughs> But I've been craving to go back to Spain uh, lately. It just uh, the food there is so good, the weather is so good, the dancing is so good. So I think Spain. Oh, awesome! Okay, so what are the twenty-five? Well, can you name off a few of them, like the top ones that you've been to? Um, so I was born in the Fiji Islands, so that's one country, oh. and I lived in South Korea for two years when I was in the military. So that's another big country that people don't think about. Uh, and I've been to obviously Canada, Mexico, which is right here. I've been through like. 10 or 12 countries in Europe, uh, mostly Western countries like, you know, England, France, Spain, all of those. Um, uh, Southeast Asia, I've done all Cambodia, uh, Malaysia, um, Thailand, Indonesia, um, Australia, parts of Central America. <laughs> so these are some of the countries. And this um, is all from between your journalism and your military background? Um, yeah, and just because I really like it. I just, okay. uh, I love just, I, I enjoy the idea of freedom, whether it's, you know, personal freedom or travel freedom, different forms of freedom. That's the nice thing about being able to do a lot of your programming online is that you do have the option of being able to travel and take your business with you, which is amazing. And then when you travel, you just have a whole new respect for the world around. Um, sometimes I come back and I'm like, I don't want to go home. <laughs> yeah. And kind of got- and coming back to food, I think travel is a great way for me to explore cuisine. You know, mm. in the United States, you, sure, you can go out and eat Thai food or what, what have you, but you're still getting a certain kind of Thai food when you go to Thai restaurants here in the U.S. It's not the same thing as going to Thailand and getting street food there. You know? Yeah, it's, it's a lot more Americanized. I was talking to someone over the weekend and um, she was like, oh, this food is spicy. Um, but her boyfriend, so she's Polish. Um, so she's telling me, she's like, oh, yeah, this food is spicy. Um, her boyfriend is the chef and he was actually Jamaican. So when she's telling me, I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Because my husband's Polish and my in-laws are too. So they don't like a lot of spicy food. So I'm sitting there thinking like, yeah, your spicy is not my spicy. <laughs> yeah. It's completely different. And then when I saw the chef and I realized that that was her boyfriend, I was like, oh, you are used to spicy food. And I had um, jerk chicken. I was like, yeah. Yeah, this is even spicy for this little Hispanic girl over here. Like, <laughs> It's pretty spicy. I'm like, and I grew up eating like, because I'm black and Hispanic, so I grew up eating a lot of hot sauce, and I grew up eating a lot of like hot Mexican food. And I was like, okay, so don't judge a book by its cover because I just automatically assume, due to the fact that like a lot of the people I know who are Polish, they don't like a lot of like pepper to them. It's spicy. Yeah. And like you told me spicy, I was kind of like, you thinking Americanized spicy? Mm-hmm. I can handle that. <laughs> yeah. But like Indian and Thai spice, and when it's actually from Indian, uh, that's takes it to a whole new level. You're like, mm, my whole insides and my body is on fire. Like, 
there's a heat growing in my stomach. <laughs> That's true. But what I like about eating um, overseas is you also learn like different spices and herbs and ways of cooking and then incorporate it back into my own lifestyle, you know, afterwards. Just add more yes. literally flavor to your food. So what are your favorite um, spices? I always tell people all the time, like there's more spices out there than salt and pepper. And I, my motto is always I eat for function and for flavor. A lot of people say like I eat for function. And I'm like, but this flavor, like if it doesn't taste good, then eventually you're not going to continue around eating it. Um, so what are your favorite spices that you have discovered that, you know, just like go to spices that you will tell anyone to have in their cabinet? Um, I use a lot of different kinds of spices if you walk through my kitchen, just like I'm a tea snob, I'm a spice snob too. But if I had to pick just one spice that I can't live without, it'd be cumin. I put cumin on everything, whether it's like roasted cumin or cumin powder. I mean, cumin is so versatile, kind of like salt and pepper. You can just do so much with it, you know, depending yeah. on what you mix it with. It can go into Latin flavors. It can also go into Indian flavors. You know, it's, it's got a, a very, uh, I think, robust profile. That's my go-to. Um, it's interesting what you said about some people eat for function rather than for flavor but in Ayurveda which I also follow quite a bit is that you should always have five tastes at your meal so I try to be mm -hmm. conscious of that and if you don't have those five tastes then you'll still be hungry as in some part of your mouth will still like be missing something so I try to be aware of having some some something sweet something bitter something astringent um, something spicy so there's different ways and something sour which is the fifth one I'm always balancing that in some way on my plate Awesome. Yeah, I read um, Ayurvedic, and I think when we talked before, we talked about um, how I was interested in doing a program um, on that. And oh, I think my connection got low. But, um, but it's interesting to, to hear about that, because I do remember hearing about the five different um, tastes. Mm -hmm. So to be able to have them all together in each dish helps being able to satisfy all those cravings. Exactly. And that makes you not want to eat like binge eat or eat more smart smart so i'm going to, have to write that down i'll put that in the show notes too so people can take um a further look into that do you have any good resources that someone can also take a look into to find out more about that yeah dr basant laud is, is a very well-known writer and uh, researcher in advancing the field of ayurveda so any of his books i would recommend um as some of the best books that ayurveda that are out there Great. Now I'll put that information also in the show notes. Yeah. Cool. And on a note on Ayurveda, if somebody is interested in exploring more, the, the first thing you should do is figure out what your body type is. There's three main uh, combination of body types and there's yeah. three quizzes online you can take to figure out what your body type is. So I would recommend starting that, using that as a first step. So that's the Pitta, Vata and the Kappa. Exactly. And would you know, um, which one are you? I'm Pitta, Vata. Okay. So everybody's a combination of two. So, yeah, yeah, I'm... Um, was it? I'm Pitta and Kappa. Um, my husband's Pitta, like, I, I look at his stuff and I look at his profile and I read a couple of different things. I have the Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda by Sahara Rose. And I read the description and I'm like, yeah, that's you all the way. <laughs> a little bit of Vata in it, but I'm like, you are like, Pitta all the way, all the way up until I think they mentioned like someone similar to uh, um, who has a strong Pitta type. It was uh, Trump, and I was like, all the way up until that, I agree with it. Like, <laughs> I don't have like the reddish tone skin, but like the personality type. I'm like, your personality is so pitta, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's pitta's get very go -go. too. So you be careful oh. on food. <laughs> yes, have food around. Oh my goodness, I have to double when I first started marrying him. When I first married him and started cooking for him. A recipe would be like, feed, I always tell people, I'm like, this recipe says six servings. Six servings really means like two and a half. <laughs> uh, he'll eat the majority of them. He'll eat like a good four servings. And then I have one. And then there might be like half a serving left for leftovers. Um, same thing when it comes to like any kind of chicken dishes. Like what I've learned is that if I keep the chicken whole, then he'll only eat one chicken breast. But if I chop it up in like lajitas or stir fry or even when I do some of my Indian dishes and I like make them into chunks he'll end up even if I have like four chicken breasts he'll pretty much eat like all four wow up, and then I'm having my little small portion and he's like is there any more and I'm like you just ate four chicken breasts very <laughs> <laughs> angry like there's 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 no more I mean I was hoping that that was going to be leftovers but apparently not and he's like well you should cook more and I'm like that I kind of double the recipe right there. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, 
So for pitta people, because I had that pitta, what makes me eat more is if it's spicy or um, salty, because I really like it. But for pitta, it doesn't, you need something sweet and not sweet like sugar, but like something that's inherently sweet, like rice has sweetness to it. It'll satisfy that craving and not make you as hungry. Okay, that's what I need to do because he's always yelling at me that I don't, I, I don't eat rice. Um, I just gave it up a long time ago and I yeah. completely forget to make rice. Um, but he's always asking me, he's like, why does this dish not have rice? Whether it's like a stir fry or sometimes even if I make like fajitas or especially like a lot of my Indian cuisine when it has the, um, when we go out to an Indian restaurant, of course they bring with the rice. I'm always asking, I'm more, I like the naan. I'm like, I'll take the bread over the rice any day of the week. So, and I'll tell him like, don't bring the rice because I'm not going to eat it. Like it's just going to go to waste. Yeah, at any kind of restaurant, when they bring me rice, it's like, don't bring me rice. It's going to go to waste. And host it, they're like, I'll eat the rice. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> Take the rice. Okay, so that's good to know. I, I'm so happy we had this conversation. Now I know how to feed my husband. Yeah, you can look years. up a pitta pacifying diet. So it'll tell you the different, rice is just like one. There's like different things that could help. I'm about, I am about to do that right now. Pitta pacifying diet. Okay, guys. So if you have someone very similar or if you are a Pitta and you do your mind-body type quiz and you find this out, definitely look up this information. Um, any recommendations for anyone that's like a Kappa or a Bata? Yeah, so each of the body types have their own diet. So you can just, once you know your body type, then you can just look up the appropriate diet for that. So which, which food is correct for your disposition. So just like the, so the way it works is Vata, Pitta, and Kapha have more or less a certain um, elements of nature in your body, whether it's wind or fire or water, but food is also like that. So then you eat the correct food that will balance the same thing for yourself. See, yeah, you definitely sparked my interest and this is awesome. Now I'm going to have to like do more research and maybe do a whole episode just on Ayurveda because that's something I was, um, when I first started talking to you, that's something I was interested in. Um, doing I think I'm better off of like doing a self-study versus going back and getting another certification because yeah. I'm, well, I'm like I'll get certifications till I'm blue in the face and it's like okay well that's great you got all this knowledge but you got you got to start implementing it um, are you still doing um, writing articles for the I, different news okay. I am yes um, I just had an article in Vice two weeks ago so yeah I'm, I'm oh, constantly cool. doing my journalism and what was that about um, it's about the military. So I, I write a lot on veterans issues as well as health and wellness. But that particular piece is about the military and, and psychological health. Okay. Out of the two of them, do you like doing um, more of the military style or do you like more of the health and wellness aspects? Or is it um, kind of I like both. Um, I, I do find my work that often I can do both at the same time. So because uh, from my, my own personal story was when I came back from Iraq, I realized that um, I had a lot of stress and um, PTSD. And that led me to a, a path of inner healing, which then led me to more health and wellness subject areas. So for me, it's, it's more or less the same. It's one giant thread. Yeah, and I think that's very well needed, um, because you do come back from situations where you are in constant uh, war zone, constant terror, or um, your, your stress levels are at high alert all the time, because you don't know what's going to happen. And then you come back into um, a more calming kind of uh, environment or even like any small kind of incident whether it might be a siren going off or um, like maybe it might be a firework with the holidays coming around all these kind of things can easily spark that back up again and if you're not really um, taking the the steps to to calm your mind and being able to really address those kind of things that then you will get those PTSDs and it's unfortunately um, you know there's a lot of times where people are thinking like, oh, it's such a bad thing, but it really, it's like, no, address this. And, and being able to know that there's help out there, there's services out there that, that you can, and health coaches that are willing to be able to help you work, work through that process. You don't have to do it all alone. Yeah, I think uh, my personal philosophy is that feelings are signals and we often um, de-emphasize it in our society and, you know, try to say, oh, well, we'll just label it PTSD or depression or whatever and, and let's forget about it. But I think if you're willing to sit with that feeling, kind of like if you're in a yoga pose that's uncomfortable you, you know, and are willing to face it, yeah, it's going to be challenging to face that emotion and it might not happen in just five minutes. It might take a few months or a few years, but if you're willing to work through it, then there's a lot of beauty and light on the other side. Yes, and I think that's, I have heard someone else saying um, that we come in from a society where we are not, or we were told not to have feelings, yes. that hold it. I had a meeting with a couple of ladies and saying that grew up like saying that you're not allowed to have feelings, you're not allowed to be sad, or you kind of have to 
when you are in that depressed state of mind, whether someone you've lost a loved one, um, some other people would be like, well, why are you still upset? Like, why, you know, you need to get over it. It's like, but my morning yeah. process can last longer than yours. I mean, it's yeah. not a set time like, okay, two weeks have gone by, I should be over it. Or, you know, um, something happens to you and you get angry at someone and people are like, well, why are you upset about? Like, let me, let me sit in my emotion for a minute and then I'm over it versus bottling it all up down exactly. the line. And then, then it blows up down the line and then you guys think I'm an emotional wreck because I haven't addressed it at the, you know, I address it five months down the line versus addressing it at the present moment. Yeah, you can either deal with it then or one way or another, that emotion is going to find a way to come back out. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. So how can the listening audience, if they're interested in learning more about um, doing more of the ketogenic plant-based diet or even interested and in more about um, some of your health and wellness coaching, how can they find you? Sure, they can find me on bodyology.com. It's B-O-D-I-O-L-O-G-Y.com. And I'm also very active on Instagram and Facebook. So you can follow me on social. Awesome. And I'll have all those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure having you on board. We might have to bring you back for some more because it's like so many things I still want to talk about. Um, so if you guys are interested in learning more on some other topics, whether it's more of her life as being in journalism or even uh, more of the Ayurvedic, you know, definitely let me know, leave a comment uh, or email me at uh, Stephanie at fitnesswellnesslife.com. And I would love to find out your thoughts and opinions. And if so, we'll bring you back on board. Okay. Thank you so much. Stephanie. This is such a pleasure. And I can't wait till next time. Thank you for tuning into the Love Your Life podcast. All information and links for this podcast can be found in the show notes. If you like this episode and want to continue the conversation, you can email me at info at fitnesswellnesslife.com. And for more information to living a life you love, follow me on Instagram at fwl underscore stuff and on Facebook at fitnesswellnesslife. As always, you can schedule a free 30-minute call with me by going to www.fitnesswellnesslife.com. Thanks again, and don't forget to tune in next week for another inspiring episode. Don't forget to like, comment, and follow our sponsors, Scribed, unlimited audio and ebooks for $8.99 a month, and Rocky's Natural Body Products. Use the link in the show notes to sign up. Did you hear the news? MetroPCS is now Metro by T-Mobile. Now you get new plans with unlimited high-speed data all month long, all on the T-Mobile network. Check out the new Metro by T-Mobile today and discover the smarter way to get unlimited. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. During congestion, the fraction of customers using greater than 35 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds. And Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video streams at 4DP. Coverage not available in some areas. See store for details and terms and conditions. Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply.